0: Up everybody, we are back on the La Utans podcast. Got Sean on the pod tonight. How you doing, bro?
1: Good, good, tired, good.
0: Heck yeah, good to have you. And Dennis coming in live from uh Tarjay parking lot.
2: <laughs> you know, you gotta do what you gotta do, but happy to be here. Uh two days post friendly um in Austin. Uh, which was very fun. It was very... Shout out to Lou and and Josue. Uh, It's good to finally meet them and uh, see them in person. So that was a good time.
0: Lou is real, I take it.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's not AI, I promise.
0: That's awesome. I'm glad you guys were able to finally meet him. Um, And shout out Josue also for uh, making the trip from Houston and uh, making a a special representation for Sean and I. But... Let's exactly. get into it. Let's get into it, fellas. We'll, we'll actually we'll lead off with that. Dennis, talk to us a little bit about the game, the atmosphere, everything you know that surrounded your uh, trip there. Obviously, we know that Tigres won. I'm sorry, Tigres lost two to one to Club America. Both teams had many absences, either due to coaching decisions, national team or injuries, but um, both teams showed up. I think that America fielded a better team in regards more to what's more in line with their starting starters. And Tigres, obviously with our deep bench or what some people may consider a deep bench was able to line up a decent lineup, but uh, why don't you start us there? Talk to us a little bit about the lineup. And like I said, the atmosphere and the vibes of the game once you were there.
2: Yeah, it was, it was fun. Um, I thought the, the organizers did a good job of the fan zone and getting getting it hyped up. Um, it wasn't a full stadium. The side where the, the sun was, like, really hitting the seats, that was the part of the stadium that there wasn't um, as many people. But, like, where we were and where Lou was and, and the other side where the America supporters were, like, it was, it was pretty full. I would say it was about 55, 45. I think America fans, there was actually a little bit more of them. Um, this go around, which was like, yeah, whatever. Like it was their tour or what, whatever it was. Um, but I thought the the vibes were great outside the stadium. I mean, uh, Hugo and Torres Nilo did like a signing, uh, before the game with the trophies, and there was a long line for that. And uh, the Libres had some big uh meetup at, I guess, some bar. I don't know, something like that. Like really close to the stadium that we didn't see until as we were trying to park. So they were trying to get stuff going and as far as the game goes I thought the lineup I mean it was to be expected it was you know nice to see some guys come back um, into the fray after some injury problems and good to see some guys who don't usually get playing time like Chewy uh, get some playing time and, and play most of the game I thought he was fine I thought uh, I thought Edward Edward the Third, as we like to call him I thought he was excellent honestly um, and I know that he won't get much more opportunities at least this season, but I, I thought he, you know, held his own for the most part, uh, especially having to play one half with Reyes and then part of the second half uh, with Samir. Um, I thought he did well uh, both times, and that especially matched up with Quinones. That was something that was really positive and encouraging. Um, I was kind of surprised to see Gorriaran and Vigon start, um, but it made sense. Um. Ivana hopefully him scoring. I know it's a friendly, but hopefully him scoring, you know, goes a long way um, into his confidence and helping him stay in decent form. Um, there was not some not great performances. I, I know we'll talk about uh, your boy, uh, Lainez, uh, here in a little bit, but not great from him, like, at all. Um, I, I didn't think Loraña had a particularly great game. Um, in my opinion, and a lot of it was just like, eh, like, it's a friendly, like, half the starters are even here, so, like, why are we analyzing it even too much, you know? Um, definitely not the the stronger lineup compared to America's. I was surprised at how sp- strong America, like, came out with. I thought Quinones didn't make the trip, and so to see him, like, starting on Sunday was really interesting, but overall, it was a good time. Listener, if you don't – if you've never been to Austin Stadium before, Q2 Stadium – go at some point i i think it's the best mls stadium in texas i've been to all three at this point um within the last year and i and i can say that q2 is probably the best in my opinion um definitely way better than dallas and it, it, and that one in houston are, are pretty pretty close but but q2's just got a nicer feel to it and it's really open and it's pretty shaded for the most part so yeah though that that some of my experience obviously try not to get too deep into it because again, it's just a friendly, but there were things to to note of that were good and not so good. Thank you for that insight. Let's uh, refresh the, the, the
0: lineup a little bit so we can get some perspective to Sean and everybody who's tuning in, who may have watched, may have watched the game or did not watch the game. So we start off with Felipe Rodriguez, who was the backup, the guy that we brought in who's uh, more older, the experienced keeper that we were looking for and I was one of the ones that sort of criticized that uh, addition when he was first brought on because I thought that we could have given the opportunity to the young talent, especially with how heavy we are, the goalkeeper position, starting from Siboldi to Nahuel Guzman to Enrique Palos, Aaron Fernandez, who have all been on the championship teams for Tigres. And then um, on defense, we have Chuy Garza making an appearance, like you mentioned, at the right back spot. Um, Eduardo Tercero and Diego Reyes, the uh, center back position, and uh, Loroña filling in the left back position. Bigon Gorriarán, like you mentioned, in the middle, with Linus out wide on the left side and Fernando González Peña out on the right side, which this kid has has gotten more playing time as of recent. And then um, followed up by Nico Ibanez. And who's the last person I'm missing?
2: Uh, Fierro.
0: Fierro. Who I thought was? That was the most interesting thing to me. And, you know, immediately after the game, Sebastian Fierro to me was the guy that felt the most comfortable out of the young guys and the guys that had that don't play as much. He held his own in the midfield and had a great game, controlling the pace and dropping deep and distributing the ball and coming out of the back. So I thought he stood out to me. Um, you mentioned Edward III. I think that with the soon departure, with high likely departure of Igor Lichnovsky, after the rumor that he was offered to America yesterday, and now he put his uh, Mercedes-Benz uh, Sprinter ice cream truck that he got made uh, for sale, everything points to him leaving. So the performance that Eduardo Tercero, or Edward Third, had um, gives me confidence to know that he can back up either, you know, Diego Reyes or Pizarro or Samir, whome- whomever starts there. So... You know he had a great slide tackle on Quinones in that, and when Quinones was taken off in full, uh, full field direction towards goal, and it was awesome and impressive to 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 see that. Loroña, man, I think that that was his fault on the goal. You know, I think that he got lazy there and didn't really have that aware, awareness on the field. Could be from the lack of playing time, but he looked rough. He was also out of position playing on the left side, so that might have some effect. But overall, Felipe Rodriguez, Sebastian Fierro, and like you mentioned, the scoring um, of uh, Nico Ibanez in back-to-back games gives us confidence and takes some positives away from the game. Um, so very excited on that end. Sean, anything to add as far as to the friendly aspect of the game? Anything that – not sure if you had a chance to watch the game or not but or what you saw online.
1: Uh, it was mainly just uh, – like kind of the 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 commentary from the group thread i was following along with that uh it seemed like again yeah laronia played a pretty game but that ever the third really kind of balled out and it was i I don't put too much stock into the friendlies man it's 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 more just the opportunity to kind of spread the brand into texas i think we had a pretty decent showing based on some of the pictures i saw coming back from Luis and dennis and all you know all representation that was there it seemed like we showed out well and and uh really it's just all i hope for out of those is that the gate receipts justified to bring the team back because it's fun to see him here without having to try to go to Mexico to get him um so I think you know as you and the continued crossover promotional stuff with Emma or Liga MX and MLS kind of becoming not one league but you know kind of a little mix and match of, of crossover I think that the more we can get comfortable playing in in, in Texas and, and um you know developing and, and and you know our our fan base is getting Uh, to see our boys without having to without having to go down to mexico or or catch them on a stream or catch them on the tv um you know it's always it's always nice to see so always root for that always happy to you know Club america could have been playing anybody and and the fact that they chose to to take us um i think you know because you can't knock america's branding or, or their their name power in the league and across the states as well so um for them to recognize that like hey Let's bring Tigres. It'll bring it. Be for a good game. It'll you know sell seats. We'll, we'll get what we're looking to. And for the youngsters, you'll get quality playing time against quality opposition, right? If, if they would have brought their youngsters, we would have brought our youngsters. It could you know a U twenty one versus U twenty one kind of setup is something I think people would have some interest in too. Um, in terms of again, you put Tigres versus America versus us uh, uh, any of those kind of the big four, and then kind of the new two from the mountains. Um, I think that that's kind of like the big six of Mexican soccer at this point. So anytime that you can kind of get those going, it's, it's always a fun time and bum that I couldn't, couldn't, Man, it's a. Uh, drawbacks of the hospitality business, as you know, Arnaldo uh, working, working chef, chef hours is same with hotel hours. It's kind of, it gets a little wonky sometimes on when you can get away, but um, yeah, excited for the boys. I, I I'm more kind of looking forward to the next phase of the season and looking at the standings we're surrounded, you know, we're right behind or we're tied with Juarez and right behind uh san luis who if you look at their schedule and their results have been over teams that i don't think are of of why they're actually up there so i at this point you know normally mr pessimistic in the group i'm very very optimistic at where we stand for moving forward in the league and um, i would say that we're right now based on both gold differential and actual record the favorites to probably take first place in the, in the regular season and going into the La Liga, So I'm very excited for what feels like now we're kind of leagues cup in the first batch of the season and then take a break for some international breaks. And then friendly, it's like, it feels like the season is finally here. Now it's like football season's here, soccer season's here. Let's really get into the meat, you know, start taking the meat off the bone. Um, so hopefully the boys will be nice and locked in and, and we'll be ready to go and, and watch some good soccer and, and really take it to the league and show them show them the talent that we have on display.
0: Absolutely. And I think that you've touched on great points there. And one of the things that I was locked in on everything that you were commenting on, especially with, you know, the branding and like the showing up of Tigres and America here in Texas, you know, and and having Dennis point out that from his perception, it was 55-45 in terms of fans. You know, it's super interesting and fascinating to me that 10, 15 years ago when it was very rare that we would get as many Tigres games in the state as, you know, we were... I think Dennis and I recall that by the end of this year, I think they were going to have seven or eight games in the states. And yeah,
2: eight or nine, I think, is well somewhere around that.
0: Yeah, even yeah, eight or nine, and so to have that close of a percentage go from you know fifty five to forty five when in the past it was like three thousand ticketed fans at a stadium, two thousand fans, and like to have that many more in rep- representation, and where the brand has come to me, that's super fascinating. It shows what you know, winning and like dedication to uh, that uh, branding aspect and marketing aspect to get the team into the United States and, you know, to show out that was awesome. And so it's super cool to hear that and, you know, see that as well. Um, Have a couple of things just to like sum that Austin
1: thing up and, you know, to get more into the rest of the season. Just before you sum it up, can I touch on on a point to your branding too is, is you know, you've been a, a lifelong fan, but their branding is good enough that, you know, when you get a random tourist going on to Mexico, they'll catch them and now I'm, a, you know, now I'm in for life too, right? So they've done enough from the time when they were smaller and you were, you know, you, you had to be born into it almost to uh, to now to be attacked attracting casuals like me and turning us into hardcore, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And by that, we are so grateful for it and grateful for the squad, that continues to show out when needed. So, um, I was gonna say, Dennis, what is the perception you got? You know, of having been there um, with the Torres Nilo case, um, he he hasn't officially retired, and he was spotted at the Queretaro at the Tigres Queretaro game at El Volcan uh, a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, and um, now he was with the team with Uguayala, who has now a role with the squad or with the with the team. So what is your perception there? Anything that you heard while you were there? What was the talk of Torres Nilo being uh, an ambassador there for Tigres?
2: I didn't hear anything specifically. I think Lou would maybe have a better answer to that just because I know that he was at the little event on Saturday um, that was not publicized. And I know that he got some time with him, like got a picture with him and things like that. So I haven't heard anything specifically. But it, it has piqued my curiosity because, again, like you said, he hasn't officially retired. So, like, is he going to be around, like, Google? Or are we, like, trying to get him on a six-month contract? Like, like what's happening, you know? Like, I, ha- I have no gauge as to what way this could go. But it is interesting that he's just kind of, you know, just floating around, just seeing how it goes. So.
1: You know me, I'm team FIFA 13. So if we want to bring back Torres Nilo, I'm 100% all for it. That must have been his prime, dude. That was like before the 2014 World Cup. That was Torres Nilo at his peak. He gets real nasty if you ride him for about three years in the dynasty mode. He ends up, you know, mid-80s and is the best of luck.
0: That's awesome for a guy that, that, you know, was always criticized for not having so much an offensive game. Sort of like Angulo gets criticized at times now at Tigres, but that's the... uh, that pedigree, that you know, that hard on the ball, always biting on uh, when marking. So very cool to see him around. I, I hope he stays. I hope he they find a role, or even as just a scout, something you know that he can get involved with in the youth academy. Anything that he can help out, I think it's always great to have former players, especially players that won a lot at the club. So very
1: cool to see. Um- and following his Twitter, he seems like he has a very positive, if not christian-based mentality but it, i mean you're talking with mexican soccer players you're gonna be dealing with a primary set of christians anyway so i imagine his message would play so i mean even if he's just around as like motivational inspiration i'll take it man or, and you you'll, hey team ambassador go take some pictures with hugo right like um yeah I, th- I think there's a definite spot for him to be found if they want it
0: yeah agreed um i want to move on to this next part of the of the episode and talk about before we get into what's coming up for theaters in the regular season as we you know get back into it or they get back into it this weekend. we have a new addition on the team um which was very unexpected. I don't think anybody could have guessed the fact that we would bring in a nineteen year old Mexican player um from Arsenal Youth Academy, which he was at Real Oviedo on loan and then back at the Arsenal Academy with the U21 team. Marcelo Flores, uh, Dennis, will start a little bit there. You keep up a little bit more with the Premier League and the news surrounding it. Um, what did you think of the signing as you heard that we were getting him and, you know, signing him on?
2: Yo, I forgot that he was still at Arsenal, like, honestly. So the fact that when – we started figuring out that it was happening. It was like, "Oh yeah, like that happened," and then didn't really keep up with his loan stints in Spain. Um, and I know from what I've seen and what I've read, it wasn't particularly that encouraging. Um, and obviously, way down the pecking order at Arsenal. I mean, you look at what Arsenal's doing right now; they're one of the they're one of the best teams in the Premier League. Arteta has done some really great stuff there, and I mean, I don't even know what world there could have been for him to even sniff the first team. Um, but for him to to come back uh, to Mexico already at 19 is very, very interesting. I think they're banking on him having a good couple of years and then you could send him back out because it, it, it he is so young and you could get a return on that investment. I know we didn't like shell out a ton of money, relatively speaking, for him. Um, but also, i I'm not super impressed with him. um particularly from what I've seen in the past. like, like you can you can see flashes here and there, but i've I've never seen a consistent sort of run from him that makes me go like, okay, like I, I definitely could see something turning out from him. like I, I just haven't seen that, especially since he made the move to Europe. and so obviously I hope that that changes now that he's on our team and we're going to, we're going to back our guys. You know, that's what we should do as supporters. Um, But I don't know. I I have my, I have my questions. And the fact that we went this route instead of what I thought we should have done was to get an experienced, preferably foreign player um, in the attacking realm, um, especially with the departure of Diente. um, That would have been really nice. I do like the youth movement, don't get me wrong. I I like that we're bringing in, like, young, fresh, energetic Mexican players like like him and Ociel, and I know Linus hasn't been that great, but, I mean, he technically fits in that category, and is still young enough to be considered that as well. So um, I like that aspect of it because it, it keeps things fresh, and we're not just riding a bunch of veterans all the time because that, that could always, you know, go south because of, you know, how they are physically and stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm not in love with it, I would say, but I guess it's better than nothing.
0: Fair, fair. So the addition of Marcelo Flores, uh, this season along or this semester along in the last three months, we picked up Marcelo Flores, who's 19 years old. Osile Herrera, who's 22 years old from Atlas and Eugenio Pisuto, who's 21 years old. Um, and then you add on, you have Diego Lainez, who's 23 years old, Raimundo Fulgencio, who just made an appearance with the U twenty three Mexican national team, uh, after having a great performance against Queretaro. A
2: game of his life the other day. Oh my gosh. Shout out what?
0: Then you add Jesus Garza, who got some great playing time with, you know, a little bit of with Miguel Herrera, then Diego Coca, or well, not a little bit, great amount with Miguel Herrera, then consistently played with Diego Coca. C- uh, Chima Rise doesn't give him much playing time. And then Siboldi, not very much playing time. So he's 23. Then you got Ordonez, who's 22, who's had some flashes here and there, and he's gotten some minutes at the left wing back position, left wing position. Fernando González Peña, who started this game against Santos, who's got playing time against C- Santos and Querétaro, and then you got a bunch of uh, guys who are in Fierro? the youth system. When I get... oh, Fierro, we got Fierro, who's also 22, if I'm not mistaken, and then you got a bunch of guys who are coming to, from the U20 squad, like Ronaldo Nájera, who I think uh, leads the goals at the U20, and then you got Diego Sánchez, Enrique Prieto, Isaac Galvani, Galván. Leo Flores, who's at LAFC, who's 20 years old. And then you get closer to the mid-range of you know their 20s, you go to Sebastián Córdova, who's 26, and then Angulo is 25. And then it gets to the meaty, older part of Nahuel Guzmán, Carioca, Pizarro, Quiñones, and Gignac as your veteran leaders, with um Ibanez and Nando Guerrero and fall in, in between those. Talk about a um 180 from uh, Miguel Herrera leaving when we got eliminated against uh, Atlas, saying that the squad had gotten older. A bunch of young players. And, you know, some of these guys for, you know, for the most part are known, you know, like the guys that I mentioned at the beginning, either having we brought back like Pisuto, Laines and Flores, but Herrera in here at Atlas. But the other guys like Jesus Garda, Garza, Ordonez, Gonzalez, Pena have gotten playing time under Siboldi. And the rest we haven't seen very much. They saw some playing time in Austin. But that's the one thing that I'm curious as to how it's going to continue to develop with the current squad and as far as the aspirations and the targets uh, with continuing to win now and, in in, you know, taking advantage of the window of our leaders. So to me, that is, you know, it's important and yet very interesting to where we went from having the team called old to now we have so much young talent on the squad, Sean, what do you make all of that? And tell me about some of these guys. And I want to talk about specifically about Linus, you know, where does he fit in with all this youngsters, you know, cause it seems like there's more competition that was brought to him. And then with the uh, playing time of uh, Fernando Gonzalez Pena this past weekend, there's playing time or uh, competition already on the squad.
1: I think a couple of things. So I think bringing in all these young guys while you still have the championship character and quality of the veterans to hopefully kind of imbue that uh, understanding and that culture and that knowledge of how to deliver championships for the squad is very, very valuable because not every single one of these young guys is going to end up panning out. So taking a bunch of flyers, I think a fantastic way to do it because you want to pull as many lottery tickets as you can from that, young Mexican youth potential, knowing that the Liga MX powers that be seem to be uh, organizing the league closer towards uh, specific Mexican ta- talent and less a reliance on foreign internationals. So the sooner you can start cultivating that young MX talent that is like, uh, you know, the, of, of the highest level, it, that's going to be the way to win you championships continuously moving forward. Uh, because, Again, not not every one of them is going to work out. So it's not like don't get too attached to all these guys and think they're going to be 10-year guys. But you're hoping that one of the three out of, you know, uh, Ozzy, uh, Diego, and uh, uh, Marcelo, you know, if one of those three becomes, uh, you know, a Quinones, who stays for 10 years, wins three, four titles, and, you know, and is consistently productive, then then that's a win and you sell off the other two through normal squad rotation. And then you've kind of developed the squad you know, internally as opposed to having to hunt for external options all the time, because you can bring them in at a stage where they're young enough to develop their habits in a in in the way that you want them to, you know, in, in the T fashion as opposed to they come from uh River Plate or something already fully developed at twenty five, or you're getting a Fernando Gorrioran at twenty seven, and he's pretty much you know, he's a finished product and you're just hoping to plug and play him right away into a championship caliber team. I like that. We're both going this line. It's almost like what the warriors were doing or trying to do in basketball when they drafted Wiseman and Moody and, and the younger guys, and we're trying to play the young guys and keep Steph going at the old time. Right. So that didn't work out for them. And so hopefully for us, we have a little bit more success with bringing the young guys and getting the young guys to produce at a championship level, because that's the biggest question mark is, you know, that guys like Pizarro and, and Gignac and Nahuel can, can produce at a championship level. So the question becomes, can your next wave of guys also continue that championship pedigree? Or did you bring in guys that actually don't have that championship pedigree inside of them and you're going to suffer a drop-off once that uh, high-level caliber talent, you know, the old guard kind of falls off. So uh, I like the way they're doing things. Obviously, we we all knew they needed to find some energy to kind of refresh those those kind of Tuca legs of being willing to just pass around from the back for 15, 20 minutes a game. And we all just sit there and go, come on, come on. There's gotta be something here. Um, so I think competition is healthy. Competition is good. If you know, iron sharpens iron kind of mentality is a good thing to have at a club, specifically one that wants to compete for titles and wants to raise its internet you know, profile on the international level, be going to club world cups, be winning conquer Cap championships. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's, I don't, it, I don't have any complaints with if, if it, it, on, on who they're making bets on i'm not a believer. work out and i gotta let it play out and, and see who comes out in the walk on on ozzy i think he's producing already With you i think kind of a bit player he, he you know he has talents sure but his, his production level concern in terms of translating that talent to production so those are, those are kind of my thoughts it's it's i'm, I'm hopeful very much so I think you're muted, Lonzo. Oh, I
0: was. (laughs) There's a couple of things there that you mentioned that I really like. The analogy with the Warriors is great because even though it failed for them, um, they were still able to build assets that they could trade away from that. You know, Jordan Poole was recently traded uh, for that, you know, going that route of like getting young talent. So I think that if it doesn't truly work out with some of these guys, they still have market enough in Mexico to where they can bounce to another team in Mexico, um, and you know, move on from that. And then the other thing is, you know, the Leo what,
1: Fernandez model, for instance.
0: Exactly. And how we yeah. got here, right? Like the foreign rule change with um, you know, reducing the amount of foreigners on the squad has put Tigas in the position to do things like this and taking you know, they're bets. I don't think that they, they can't assume that these guys are going to work out immediately, but it's a bet on the future that some of these guys could develop with some of the better leadership that we have here, the coaching staff, and what the organization, the club has done over the last, you know, recent years to where they can be motivated enough to be in the spotlight of one of the best teams in Mexico, if not the best, you know, in terms of recent success. So I think from that standpoint, I think what, what you said about what they're doing, it just brings a fresh fresh new model, fresh new way of doing things You know that we might not necessarily agree with, but we didn't agree with a lot of things that happened towards the end of last season, especially with the three coaching staff changes, and look where it got us. It got us to a championship with our championship uh, pedigree players and our leaders having a great impact on that run. So I think that when you mix in some of this young talent, like you said, sharp, and sharp as iron, iron, sharp as iron, and it's going to get there to where these guys are either going to, you know, step up or, or get left behind in terms of uh, keeping up with the club and the players that represent it. Dennis, any uh, last additions there? Um, and want to put you on the spotlight here real quick. Who gets a goal or assist first for uh, Tigres? Diego Laines or Marcelo Flores?
2: Oh, good question. I I would I would probably bet on Marcelo right now. I mean, Diego on Sunday really frustrated me. I had a great view of him in the first half because we were shooting at the end where Josue and I were. You mean um, and it, you mean you had a great view of his terrible crosses? Yes, that's exactly what I was about to say. And so like I could I could see it. Like I could see like he's got two or three guys he could just pass it off in, in the box like just make the pass, and then he just it. And he did that, like, two or three times. And it really, really bothered me. And it's, like, it's concerning that that's happening now um, in a preseason game, or not a preseason, in a friendly game in the middle of the season. I know he's just coming back from injury, so, like, you got to get back to the rhythm and all that. But, I mean, like, this guy has, like, he has the the name behind him. Like, he's got he's got the history of, like, being better than this and so there there's some concern there for sure so i i would bet on marcelo um because well also he's healthy from what i understand and so i think his fresh legs will will be out for it and i think the thing too with him that i forgot to mention in my first bit is that the other thing that we have to think about with him is that he hasn't really played first team football um he didn't he definitely didn't play it at arsenal and i don't think that he like, I think the team that he was in in Spain was the La Liga 2 team, if I remember correctly. And so for him to get in an environment, in a culture that is very, it's very high standard, very professional, uh, very success-driven, and also first team, I think that will help him a lot. Um, and that gives me a little bit more hope, um, just as I'm thinking out loud. So I would say Marcelo, um, for sure, with Diego, because I, I – I don't know. Like I, there's some there's some stuff from Sunday that I didn't like and I, and I have a feeling it may carry over. Um and I don't know what he needs to do to to fix that. I'm I mean I'm not around him so I, I wouldn't know. The real answer is OCL, but OCL's uh not healthy. So the only reason yeah. I pose that question is
0: that I think that because Marcelo gives you more unpredictability on what he may do when it comes to playing i think he might stumble upon an assist or a goal a lot quicker than you know Linus, who we know what he's trying to do try to take on either a guy or two and he may get a good cross in. he may not chances are he's not uh, or his decision making is not great so even yeah. though even though we hate on quinones and like his lack of production at times but he always looks dangerous whenever he's taking on a guy or, you know, he's, has, he's near in the last third where he's either going to send across a cut away for an overlap. I think his involvement in the game is a lot more threatening for Tigres when they attack than Diego Linus has been. I think the only game that stood out to me was the least cup, Classico, where he was very involved. But other than that, I mean, I'm going to give him a couple more chances. I think to me, this is the season, you know, it was kind of like Florian, like, if, you know,
1: after a couple of seasons, you can't, you oh, know. Florian has done so much more in this jersey than Diego has. Correct.
0: But, uh, you know, after a certain point, like, you you got to let go of the of the fanatic aspect. And hopefully it works out just because the guy has talent. Does Diego Linus have talent? Yes, that's what got him to Europe. But we need production out of him. And he's, he's not really showing it with numbers. And we can't just, you know, a flash here and there of, like, a great play. It doesn't really... Translate to to great moments. I think it is.
1: I'd place the bet on Linus, or as of right now, just because I know what his role is. Whereas Marcelo is just kind of that new toy. So until I tell you know that he's actually going to get taken out of the box and played with, I'd still put the money on Linus, just because I know that Linus is going to get probably thirty minutes a game for the moment. But if Flores can usurp that spot or or get plopped in and look super dangerous all of a sudden and. You know, he, you're going to know that he's going to get consistent minutes based on some of his talents and some of his mixtapes. Man, he looks—he's very exciting. Okay. He's dy- he's very dynamic on the ball. Is probably how I'd say that best. He's he has a, dy- a dynamism on the ball that is is not replicated by many other players on the squad currently. I don't think.
0: Correct, and that's a fair point on taking Linus. I get that. So now, everyone healthy, you know. Fast forward two weeks from now, we have Atlas coming up this weekend on the road, um, which uh, won't be an uh, easy game per se. Uh, but an easy win. You think it's going to be an easy win? Easy okay. win. Have we'll, some okay. confidence,
1: Arnaldo. Where are you at? Come on, bang the table, bang the drum. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Nah, we'll you think- know,
2: you know what's actually going to happen is that guy Jordi Caicedo is going to have his revenge game and oh, so score some hat trick. Because See, he's been in good form ever yeah, since he got that's there. That's what I
0: was going to get into once we got into match predictions. I was going to say, you know, Jordi Caicedo in open space against our defense. I can get a little hectic there. But, uh, no, I wanted to say, you know, to take me – let's go fast forward two weeks, three weeks in, into the season. And, you know, we've gotten some more games under our belt with the squad currently. Everyone's healthy, right? Córdoba's healthy. Osiel Herrera's healthy. Linus is healthy. Marcelo Flores – has gotten more in uh, match training and, you know, closer to uh, being more match fit. You got Nando, you got Nico Yovanez, Gignac. The perfect scenario. Fulgencio playing at the level that he's played over the last couple of games. The starter is Cordova and Gignac. And then Luis Quiñones and oscil Herrera. Am I wrong to, to assume that that we're all on the same page there? yeah you're right okay so yeah. then who's the natural winger off the bench De Fulgencio, with what he's shown you over the last few games and what he can't continue to carry over or the guy who has a bigger name who has not assisted or scored for tigre since he has arrived so that's where i started getting into how much of an impact this kid can have because once everyone is healthy is he really the natural, you know, bet, Sean? Like you say, in this case, to have a, a, a to score a goal or have an assist faster than Marcelo Flores? Because to me, I think once everyone's healthy, he drops in the depth chart in terms of like coming on. Will he get playing time? I think he still get will get playing time, but I think that with the others actually showing and actually producing, like Josi Herrera, in two games, two goals. And then Furgencio scoring a brace against Querétaro, assisting the game before that, uh, or two games before that against Pumas. So I think that that's where, like, the question for me arises. How much is this kid really going to impact our play moving
1: forward once everyone is healthy? It, it may not be a this season thing. You know, when you're bringing in 19- to 22-year-olds, that may be a two- to three-year window project. So... While you may not see the immediate returns this season, as long as you're getting production out of the spot from somebody, because that's the thing, right? You've got Ozzy, you've got Diego, you've got now Marcelo, now so got you're, in this. In this. you're right. So you like, it's like, hey, one of you guys has got to be doing something, right? So just keep throwing them out there until somebody does something productive, and then, and then whoever you know, oh, all right, Fulgencio, it's you this week. Great. Here, here's two games. Oh, now you suck again. All right, next you know so it may be musical chairs on the wing and that may you know you just play whoever's in form and whoever you know practicing well and and it gives you the depth to withstand an injury or two or three if you you know in case of but yeah i i don't i i i can't look at this you know collection of youngsters and go "Mm, bad you know it's like yes there's going to be disappointments from not we're going to be producing all at the same time but as long as as long as we as a whole, and they are producing inside the collective of getting balls into the Geniacs and the Ibanezes and playing off of the Cordovas with the ones in the team. They aren't necessarily producing on an individual level, would be my take. I hear you. I hear you.
0: I just wanted to make sure Linus knows that I'm watching. Oh, he's him.
1: very much in threat. Very much in threat.
0: Um.
2: And I think especially now with Fulgencio having some success, not just on the left wing, but also the way that he's impacted when he's able to drift centrally. Um, The last three games that he's played, like a lot of his influence has come from being able to kind of play as a cam um, at some points, especially when we're in possession or when we're on a, on a break. So that is really encouraging um, because he's able to, kind of unlock some different things that he can't really do as well on the left wing. And so I think that even cements this case even further, which again, crazy because like he, he hasn't really shown that um, consistently before, but you have three solid appearances in a row where like, Oh, like you can see that he's able to influence the game uh, really well in in this way, both on both the left and the central. So yeah, I, I think Diego may need to learn a little bit from him about, about all that because he has, has got it going right
1: now. I think another important part of it for the wingers too is going to be the dynamics and their chemistry with the fullbacks. Because whoever can develop a good relationship with Angulo should be starting on that left side. Whoever can develop a good relationship with Aquino or Garza should be running that right side, right? Because you want to have that symbiotic relationship where they have a good understanding, a good chemistry of their overlaps and their touch passes and, and, you know, that mind meld that can start to happen. Um, So I would say that whoever really starts to vibe together uh, outside of just somebody seizing the spot on production, like it seems like Ozzy has, like Ozzy when he's in the game is just like, oh my God. I can't take my eyes off them. Uh, so, I mean, if, if there's guys that are doing stuff like that, then you have to play them. But if it's close between a couple of guys, I think I'd lean towards that relationship aspect of developing inside the team and leaning on that inner chemistry.
0: Yeah, I I, I get that. I like that point. I I, I agree with you there. Um, Atlas this weekend, uh, as we all heard, Sean, he's very confident about the, uh, the game. Not scared. Not scared of him. Okay. What's, uh, what's your prediction going into
1: the match? At least two, two plus two, at least plus two. I don't know if that's three, one, cause you know, adventures in, in goalkeeping with the are always welcome to pop up, but that could be a two, nothing. That could be a three, one. That could be a four, two. I, I, I don't know, but we're plus two at least. Hey, he's coming off of a record breaking, uh, performance with a shutout and
0: being the number one keeper in terms of, uh, shutouts as a foreign player. So who knows? I think, uh, I'm going with a three to one victory. I agree with you. I think that it's going to be not easy in terms of play. I think we just, we we're just a clear, the better team. And so I think that our talent is going to put them away. Dennis, what you thinking? What you feeling?
2: Uh, I, I want to say three one, but I do think there is a world in which the team will have an eye on the next league game, which we all know will be very, very important. So I, I think we win because this Atlas team, I, I know I just talked about Gaicedo and how amazing he's been. I mean, he, a spectacular League Cup run and has been able to be influential um, ever since he arrived. But also they've lost so many guys and they're playing so many young guys that I do think our experience will help us take this thing out of the game whenever we need it. So I'm hoping for, hoping for plus two, but I, I think it'll – it may end up being like 2-1 because I do think there'll be part of the team that's like, let's conserve our energy for the two important games we have after that in the Clásico and then turn around, fly to L.A. for Campeones Cup, which I do expect the team to take seriously, especially since, you know, it's for a trophy.
0: Yeah, and I think the most important thing here is to make sure everybody's healthy. I think we need everybody to be healthy, get back in shape. And uh, like you said, be ready for the Clásico and the Campeones Cup um, this is the part, like Sean was saying, this is the, the important part of the season. Um, I think it's where all the meaty, you know, good games and like the position that we kind of like set ourselves up for from, you know, having great, a great start with the ties and then eventually getting on a winning streak is going to put us in a good position to, uh, be in the top spots, which, you know, now we know the format changes only the first two spots are guaranteed three plays, uh, six, if I'm not mistaken, and then fourth plays eight for a play-in for the third and fourth spot, something like that. I could be wrong. Guys, if you uh, are listening,
1: feel free to correct me on this. You're muted, Sean, if you have the correction. Seven plays 10, eight plays nine is the playoff. Okay. Like the play-in spots this year. Yeah, one yeah. Through- Remember, well, it's, well,
2: the, it's the NBA play-in. Just yeah,
1: one, one through six are guaranteed, and then seven plays 10, eight plays nine.
0: There we go. So I think that it puts us in a good position with how we've uh, performed as a recent, so we got to keep that up. And this is a great chance to uh, hopefully take care of business immediately in this game, not have to go down and have to come back um, like we did against Santos. And you know, hopefully, it's a lot more closer to the performance that we had against Carretero, which we dominated the team from get from start to finish.
1: Their last two games, they lost the San Luis two nothing, and they played Carretero and only won two one, and they only got the second goal after Carretero got a red card. So us coming off a five nothing thrashing of Carretero, I mean, we should we should beat them handily if if recent form is anything to go off of
0: we also should have beat pumas on paper but we didn't so
1: yeah true yeah well also we'll talk about
2: this i'm sure next week but I- i'm just thinking ahead to el classical and i really hope we take advantage of the injury crisis that uh that the penguins are currently dealing with especially at the striker position i love calling um, the penguins it's so funny. It's it's honestly great. But seriously, like, if if we don't find a way to get any sort of result in that game, that's going to be really concerning in my eyes because, I mean, I mean, they're not going to have any... They're going to play a kid, I think, at striker because um, Fuentes Mori's out. bertram is out. Like, they're going to have to rely so heavily on uh, Penales and, uh, and Tecatito. Assume, I assume that he'll be ready to go by then um, now that he's back. So... Got to take advantage uh, with that crisis that they have going on. I just needed to put that on the air before. Yeah, I,
0: for sure. So totally
2: week.
0: So. Um, last part uh, of the pod here. Want to give a shout-out to Tigres Femenil for uh, being in first place, four points ahead of Club America after playing uh, Real Madrid, losing 3-1, to and then losing to Barcelona 1-0, and then followed up by playing uh, – America, the team that was going into the into that game undefeated, not losing any games, winning all their games. And Tigres, you know, we can go ahead and say we're, they were dominated for the first 40 minutes in the first half. But Tigres then went on to score two goals and uh, then eventually a third goal in the second half. So a lot of character there like they always do and show. Uh, a lot of leaders, a lot of great players, a lot of talent. And uh, they pulled off that win. And then last night they were able to beat, uh, Leon at home as well with, uh, Mari Carmen, um, scoring a brace. And we still didn't get to see, uh, Lizbedo Valle's uh, goal to break the record of Kathy Martinez, but that's coming. I thought she was a little antsy, uh, throughout the game. You know, she was, you you could tell she, she's got that, uh, that monkey on her back where she has to score the goal. And I think she wanted to make it happen yesterday, but, uh, I think it's gonna happen regardless and she just gotta let lets it come with let it come with ease and um just wanna make sure we uh shout out our Amazonas for uh, still. still well, they're
1: getting a Flores of their own, yeah. What's that? I said they're getting a Flores of their own, yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, they they uh they got their own uh, issues going at the moment with uh, their play style and that's probably probably the most thing that they're being critiqued about. They're criticizing the coach, which I can't blame everybody too much as far as the fans uh, for hating on her. I think that there's some questionable things going on, but ultimately you can't question dubs. And, you know, when they leave the league with 28 points and the next team has four points, in which was your direct rival and you beat them convincingly three to one, I think that, that kind of puts all arguments to an end.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to them. Because they, they did, Decently well for various stages throughout both of those games against Barca and Real Madrid. Um, and then to put on the performance that they did against America, especially second half, was very impressive and, and kind of sent a statement in my eyes. Truthfully, I did not see any of the game last night because I was uh, enthralled in the uh, Monday night football shenanigans uh, <laughs> that happened in, in New York. But uh, it was encouraging to to see some highlights and see that we're still really cracked at set pieces, especially corners. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I hope it, hope it keeps up and, uh, and fan of the jerseys. I liked how the, the new jerseys looked on the field, um, when they played, uh, the European teams last week. I, I like that a lot. So.
0: Yeah. Always, uh, paving the way. Like I, we always talk about, they're the, the club to follow. Um, in Mexican women's soccer. So, guys, anything
2: else before we part ways tonight?
1: Nothing. I think we covered it. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
2: hold on, hold on. Now, do we think that – I'm curious because of the – how we treated the friendly a couple of days ago. Do we expect that same sort of vibe for Classico? Or are we expecting, now they're actually going to bring everybody up and we're actually going to kind of treat this like a real game, even though we had just played a real – league version of that a few weeks prior how do we think they're gonna handle squad selection and who they bring up for october 15th because i'm very curious that's a great question i think if we didn't have
0: so many injuries i don't think uh they would have left so many players behind i think we would have gotten to see at least some of the guys or at least all of them travel and then not get some playing time or getting a few minutes but i think with the the demonstration i think you can count on Not everybody being here, I think that, you know, Gignac, maybe even Nahuel, but I mean, it's unfortunate because you want to see those guys here in Houston and that friendly, but who knows, they might surprise us. They might, you know, for what, what they're trying to do with the brand, that might not be uh, a negotiable thing where they might just have to make the trip and at least be on the bench, who knows. Um, But I think that if it all depends on health, I think that we've had too many injuries uh, this season and we want to make sure we get everybody healthy because what's important is, you know, the league to get that ninth championship.
1: Well, in previous iterations of these friendlies, they, it's mostly, I mean, even when the starters came, they didn't, they'd never play more than a half, you know? So for some of those guys, it's just, just stay home, enjoy the vacation, let the, let the youngsters start to try and make a name for themselves and enjoy the minutes, get the reps, see what it's like. So I wouldn't anticipate, uh, you know, the all-star a team coming, but, uh, you may see, uh, you know, you'll probably see a Gignac. A Vig- I think the Gignac levels don't come, but I think the Vigones will probably play 45 minutes. You know? Yeah, so,
0: so similar to what we saw against uh, Club America this past Sunday. I think. Probably. Yeah, maybe. I um, do
2: think there's I do think there's a world in which they come, but they only play, like, maybe not even a half. Maybe they just do, like, a, a, a line change, a hockey line change at the 30-minute mark in the first half, and they're like, all right, here you go. You'll get your third of the game in and, and call it that because i i do think because of how they've pushed this game and again it is a classico in the united states i do think there will be a little bit more of a you know draw there for the players to go i don't know I, i'm curious to see how it works out uh and if not maybe Gignac will uh will go to another concert and get into his feels like he did last night at sam smith uh singing his heart out on instagram which that that made my week that, that was, was the wild. best thing i've seen in a long time
0: my oh, man was throwing out thirst traps.
2: <laughs> he was singing his heart out, man. Let him be.
0: Oh, yeah. Thirst traps for sure. My man. All right, guys. Thank you guys for y'all's time. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening and tuning in. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Um, catch us on YouTube. Uh, times, Woodsy, uh, has, you know, reached out to me last night. Um, He's looking to do some things with the YouTube channels. Hopefully, it all comes to fruition.
1: My man Woods said, You want to record on the weekend? I said, Sure, I'm free this weekend. He said, How's Friday? I said, What what British calendar are you using, mate?
0: Yeah. That Shout man, out Woods. That man get is on his own, uh, is in his own world. But uh yeah, make sure you follow us, tune in, give us your feedback, and if you want to make a special appearance on the pod, make sure to send us a DM. Catch you guys next time. Thanks, guys.
2: See you, buddy. Peace.